0: What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I want to welcome y'all to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. Uh, This is a special episode We did our first live show At the Soho Warehouse a couple of weeks ago And this is the recap of the show But while I have your attention This month is Merch Madness So you know what that means You go to the website www.theartoflettinggopodcast.com Use the code MADNESS All caps and you get 30% off your entire order That includes my podcasting course So check it out No party and no
1: Um skin color and indeed no religion is more important than the human being
2: now when you were starting out as a writer you are black impoverished, yes. homosexual you must have said to yourself gee I don't always know
0: where I'm going, I'm a dreamer for real I like to make reality out of my dreams if you will You see that we're still creating it with purpose No more questioning how and why it's gonna work It's destined, I've been out here learning a lot of lessons That I mean, that's keeping me sane and that's a blessing. All I love is on my chest and peace is on my mind Confidence and trust itself is what keeps me alive. Try to show my nigga that we gon' be fine You a legend make you special All we really got is time Move around these mid-thirties I still feel I'm in my prime Moving around these mid-thirties Gotta stretch before I grind Life changes, time traveling I hope to see you at every state that I'm added in Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, we are live in the SoHo House. In front of a live audience, can y'all make some noise? <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, this is my first time at the SoHo House, so if this is our first time meeting. My name is Mike Brown. Uh, I am an artist i am an educator i am i'm just me and i'm here tonight with y'all um next to me i have an artist who you were on my podcast what two years ago uh first yeah time? yeah yep, two years ago and you know i've always admired his work and just how he projected himself in the world and um Thank you. Of course. And just felt really connected to that. But uh, he's a musician. And I'll let him introduce himself.
3: (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) My name is Yanni Blue. I am a singer-songwriter from the Bronx, New York. And um, been here seven years now. So not a native LA person yet, but getting close. And
0: the man on the mic in the all-brown is uh, Dr. Byron Young. I know he introduced himself, but I feel like he is probably going to be a part of the conversation because he always has something to say.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling, Mike?
0: I'm feeling really good right now. Uh, I'm trying to feel as present as I possibly can. Because, you know, I this is something that I've always wanted to do. I told Byron and Celine, wherever he's at, shout out to Celine, yep. Told them both last year, like, hey, I wanted to host a live episode at the Soho House. And I had put a proposal together and everything. And it didn't happen. And now I'm here today, just offsetting a fucking goal.
3: Saying it out loud.
0: Yep. Releasing it to the universe. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I feel good. I feel present. I feel grateful for a couple of them other words, Yep. I like sturdy. Shout out to sturdy. (laughs) (laughs) So we might as well jump into it because uh, I like where we started at Byron. I like that we started with the, why is it hard to connect in the queer community? being a person of color, um, on the romantic end for myself, I'm not gonna lie. It's been probably some of my, let me talk about this earlier, but some of my hardest relationships have been with people of color. Okay. And, um, it's been challenging because of communication on both ends. And as I think about that out loud, just as I told you earlier, I've had just as many challenges in dating people of color as I have dating white men. In different ways, but it's not that one is harder than the
3: other. Do you feel like there's a disconnect, though? To go back to what you and Byron were talking about, do you feel like there's a disconnect between queer men of color that's forcing us to not be able to connect on a certain level or on a romantic level, since that's where you... Um...
0: I think that the disconnect probably comes from like just our experiences, at least when I, when I think for myself, um, when I moved here, I I wasn't, my mindset was not like, I'm only going to date this, or I'm only going to date that. I like, was just like, I fuck with whoever fuck with me. But a lot of times I would get the pushback of, oh, I don't date black men because they like my cousins. I don't from, date black men. From people. other men of color? Mother,
3: yeah, from other black men. Okay. That's wild. Yeah. Can I just say that being from New York, everybody was of color. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't struggle with any of these things per se. So that there, a lot of these experiences that I'm learning moving to Los Angeles, that there is a disconnect. So it it it's a different experience for me. Because I just didn't have that issue of like acceptance or connecting. Yeah. Because the city was so much more diverse. Well, Mm -hmm. for me,
0: coming from Houston, most of my experience was in the closet experience there. So in those spaces, I was meeting other men of color, but it wasn't open. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense okay yeah and then when i open myself to this world of like coming out or you know being open with myself that that experience
3: changed fair um for me i see that most of the room at least based on the survey were like queer men in their 30s um gay men in their 30s i i I'm 32, being from New York. I had a, a slightly different experience from a lot of people because I didn't—I wasn't really closeted. Um, I kind of started to come out at, at like 16, 17, and everybody around me happened to be gay. So <laughs> I kind of had a safety net. Um, and I don't mean to laugh because I know some people's experiences are very different. So I don't want to make light of like people who didn't have support systems early on. But I just kind of um, had a support system early on. So I never dealt a lot with like being closeted as much as um my only issues with with being closeted mostly pertained to my career, like being a musician and being positive. Like Those two worlds I kept separate. But as far as like my social life, I was always surrounded by by queer men of color and always sort of had a support system or examples of like healthy relationships, healthy dynamics that um, kind of helped me build up my self-esteem. So when I got to a city like Los Angeles and I started seeing people having these struggles like like the ones you explained to me they were so foreign to me because i didn't understand anything other than just being prideful and being a man of color i'm dominican I'm from the bronx like i that i had pride in that like that's all you know from new york we're just loud and prideful <laughs> yeah <laughs> right there you go so so i um it's so interesting to me hearing your experience and some of the other experiences since i've been out here because those weren't things that i knew were even possible like you know just seeing um, men of color not even being proud of who they are um, turning each other away was so weird to me because it's like you know why aren't we supporting each other or even loving each other you know yeah and i know um we had this conversation on my podcast i have a podcast called bigger than our dreams and um we were discussing positive um examples of like queer black couples in the media and we couldn't think of it yeah and that's when it hit me like oh this actually is like an issue at like a larger level like you know, there's incredible, beautiful, queer couples. Uh shout out shout out to like Billy Porter and his partner or like uh other people, but like a lot of them aren't they most of them are interracial. Yeah. So um, that's when I click like, oh, this is a thing. Like an issue. Not an issue, but this is something that should be looked at. Like, why aren't we loving and uplifting and supporting each other?
4: You wanna share something? Test it. So I'm just curious. I I have a podcast also, but um, this isn't about me. My my question for you guys is more around uh, family, right, or blood relatives, and I think that's where it starts, Um, the lack of support that blood relatives tend to give um, our Black queer people. So perhaps maybe you guys can touch on that, on what your experience was with that, because I think that plays a lot into how we treat each other.
0: I agree with that. Um, I would say for myself, from my experience, uh, my family initially didn't know how to support me because they didn't know. And when I opened myself up to my family, I think the love that they have for me Outshined everything else that I feel blessed to say that I didn't have a, a negative experience. You know, my dad initially was in denial just because he just didn't understand He had never met a at least in his mind he had never met a gay person, and the gay people that he did me, I wasn't them, so it didn't make sense. My mom blamed herself once they got over whatever their shit was it was like nothing nothing ever fazed them. You know, I've realized that it was more me that cared about it than they did, you know? And I've and I learned that in my friendships as well. Like, you know, even when I look at the numbers of what we're up here and seeing, like, all these straight people, you know, I know for a fact that these are people from my life that have supported me just off, off love, like, Not (laughs) giving Jermichael fucking Young. Met this man at 17 years old. I've been knowing this man longer. Shit, probably yeah, almost longer than I I was the age that I was at that time. I was 17 years old when I went to college. Been knowing that man since then. And when I came out, it was like, damn, like, why didn't you let... He asked me, why didn't you let me know earlier? So I can't let you know something that I wasn't all the way comfortable with, but there was no love lost. So I think it's it's really on the people that you're around. You know what I mean?
3: Um, and my that was a great question, by the way. And my experience is funny. Actually, I was I was gloating about having friends, but with my family, it was the opposite. Um, I was raised by a single mother, and unfortunately, she interpreted me being gay as being a failure for her. Because it was like I'm the, she was the only one out of her siblings that was raising her child by herself, and I was like, I can't have the gay son; that's an issue. Um, so I got a lot of pushback from her, and I can see how, had I internalized that the wrong way, it would have impacted how I showed up in my relationships. And I've seen that through men that I've dated who have come from homes where they weren't um, embraced or accepted. Um, they just kind—they're not whole when they show up in the relationship, so that can materialize in a million different ways. But um, for me. I I think because I had that friend support system, my mother's pushback didn't bother me as much. And um, over the years she has come around and now she's my biggest supporter, but it took a while. And I think it took her seeing me navigate life and just seeing that I had a good radar for people, that I was a good person um, and that uh, her thoughts about what it meant to be a gay man weren't real.
0: I do have one more thing for you though, because when my dad was giving me that pushback, there was a point where I had to take a break from him. And I think that hurt him not having access to me. You know, so as hard as it may be, sometimes you have to set that boundary between them till they can figure it out for themselves. Shout out to Kalani, though, and all her relationships.
4: (laughs) So I just wanna say, I think you guys are both very lucky. Um, For me, that wasn't my experience. And uh, I had to get rid of eighteen people, including my father and siblings. So not everybody has that. that well it's not it's not it's not about that. It's it's more about I feel like there's a lot of people like me that are out there. Um and I feel like
3: that's how you that's
4: kind of how people show up sometimes.
3: How do you, how do you feel like if, if you don't mind me asking like over the years, have have you healed from that or how have you healed from that? I have not healed how, from you have that. You've not healed from that. Okay. Yeah. What would you share to other people who maybe are existing in that same space? Like any, anything good that you can give them from your experience?
4: I'm still working through it. So,
3: I mean, I just let go. I'm
4: now 46. I just let go four years ago. Wow. So I dealt with a lot of crap for 20 years. And you were just trying to have relationships with them. and yeah. they were Just against it your life. And it was just awful. It was every, everything about it was awful. How and, important and that at, that- at some point. You know, I, I went through a lot of therapy. My therapist was like, what if they never change? And I was like, oh crap, what if they never change? I said, I never, I'm not gonna go this much
3: of my life. So that's not let go. How important have friendships been for you in that space? That's interesting.
4: Um, I have a lot of love in my life. So I have a lot of family. I have people that I call family uh, and I have, you know, I mean, my mom was, like, one of six siblings. My dad was one of seven. So, um, you know, I have a lot of cousins out there. So, you know, and I, and my, and my mom and I still talk, but it, I like go of my father and all of his descendants.
5: Mike, can I ask a question? Is yes. Is that okay? Thank you. So, Just a quick question. Um, was this rejection by this critical mass of Black people, do you think that affected your attraction to Black men in general, like, are you attra- Like, like, is that what you were kind of getting at from the beginning? Did, did that affect your attraction to Black men? It's not about
4: attract... It no, it's just how people show up in relationships. I think a lot of it is not about... I think people take it personally, but it's not about them. It's just... I think we experience a level of hurt that isn't always experienced in other cultures. Because so many people are religious or other reasons in the, in the Black community. I just think we feel certain level of hurt and not only are we called the f word you know faggot but we're also called the n-word which is negative right so that's hurtful too um there's a lot of things that we experience on a deeper level that some of our other counterparts don't
3: yeah that's why i asked too about the importance of you know how friends showed up for you in that space because for me i had that pushback from my mother and i was lucky that she did come around but what got me through during the time that she didn't come around were the friendships that I built um and I had to learn how to build healthy relationships with other men because you don't always know how to show up in, in a queer friendship either and I know that's something we're going to touch on but having healthy um fulfilling queer friendships and people that validated me is what helped me through those moments when my family didn't connect and I I'm really sorry to hear that yours didn't come around but I hope that you have, like you said you have a lot of love in your life and I think that's that's something that we all learn. And I think that's that's consistent with any walk of life, but specifically queer people. That's why we have like ballroom culture and all these different drag culture, all these cultures that take us in because we don't have families. And a lot of us have to rely on chosen families. I mean, a lot of people here are Mike's chosen family. So like, we know that firsthand.
0: Um, I had a question. How do you, how do you still trust people?
4: I'm working on that with my therapist. Actually, I have a hard time trusting people. That is, in a nutshell, I, I openly admit that to uh, everybody I know. So, um, Yeah. Trust is a hard
3: thing. What's the name of your podcast?
4: It's called a Redefining Family, and it's just about this topic.
3: Yeah, definitely check out right, your podcast, please. That's what we're here for, to, to, to share, because we all... We all need these tools, and we don't know who in the room can identify more with that than, than our experiences, which is why we have everybody here and why this is an open forum. So thank you for sharing. Please check out his podcast. What's your name again? Jonathan Wilson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you want to co- cover some of these queer couples? Because y'all gave us some answers. Somebody
0: said, notice most of these examples are women, and Billy Porter's partner is white. So does So I have a question. Does somebody having a white partner mean that they don't fit in a queer couple of color? Because there's still a queer person of color in that relationship.
3: I think the real question is, I've seen a lot of people discussing why aren't successful queer men in relationships with other, uh, successful queer black men in relationships with other queer black men. You know, we're talking about the Todrick's, the Billy Porter's, the Karamo's, the RuPaul. Uh, Anybody else? Yes. Shea Koolet, a lot of the drag performers, Bob the Drag Queen. Um, I think that's that's yeah, Bob the Drag Queen has two white partners. <laughs> um, and that's no shade to them, but I think that's where the question comes from. It's just like why is it consistently and, and it applies to straight people too? I think a lot of successful black creators, uh, Jordan Peel, um, Donald Glover, um, who else? I I Oh, I'm so right. <laughs> it's a consistent thread. So I think a lot of people wonder what what is what is that connection?
0: I feel like you could ask that question to everybody in this room and get a different answer. True. Um as we talked about before, sometimes a lot of times it could be just rejection of and not even sexual rejection but like you know being in school with people rejecting you because you smart people rejecting you because you dress a certain way so if you rejected me and these people are showing me love why wouldn't i go where the love is at do you want
6: to know why Ooh, mystery voice <laughs> um what's your name eric or you can call me west okay that's yeah. right um what I've seen firsthand in the industry, and I've had a very small experience in the industry, is that you don't see a lot of colored, solid colored couples is because it's more of a status. So you see more interracial couples. That's because they want to work their way up in their field, but they feel like if I have a white counterpart, a lot more opportunities will come a lot faster for me. Um, and now I, I was told that by somebody who was dating a white woman. And he told me, like, oh, I don't mess with any of the black chicks in the industry because, one, they're all ghetto and they're all here for one thing. They're just trying to make a quick buck. And I feel more safer with a white woman because I get more advantages. And I'm just like, but... That just doesn't work, and it doesn't. And it made me uncomfortable because you're shitting on a black woman for what? Because she's not giving you what you need, but this white woman will. And it's that's the same answer I've got from, and anybody who's dating a white person in the industry is that the, it, that's their meal ticket. And um, yeah, I think that's just one of the main reasons
3: why. I've heard that a few times too. A lot of people assume, especially for for people in the media that their interracial dating is for some kind of uh leverage but deeper than that i think that and we were having this conversation recently i do think uh black community and queer community we put a very strict um perspective on what it means to be an attractive black queer man and when we don't fit that stereotype we get shunned by like everybody and then of course you're going to go wherever you're loved because you're human like you know we go where people accept you but if you like you said you're too nerdy you're too smart you don't fit whatever weird uh, stereotypes and put in our minds by the media, by P Valley, by Noah's Ark, no shade to these shows, but they all were very specific on what an attractive, they are very specific on what an attractive black queer man is and everybody doesn't fit that. So I I would, that's been my experience as far as seeing people going elsewhere. They usually are black men who are kind of other. Yeah.
7: Hey, I saw a hand. Hey, um, hi friend. Hey friends. Hey, guys. Tell, um, tell the room your name. My name is Eric also. What's up, Eric? Oh, another room. Um, no, I just, uh, I like what you mentioned about, like, the i rough draft. The standard of what it is to be a queer black man and how it ranges differently from everybody to black people. You could ask another, I'm just going to get into my example. Um, I was dating this black guy and mind you, I have had an interracial relationship. I don't see the issues with it. Usually, the people that have issues with it because I rejected them, so it is a rejected thing. However, I was dating this black guy, really nice. We was on our way to get sushi, and he said, "You know what? You black, but you're not a nigga." And I was like, as I was driving, I was like, "Okay." And he was, and then he was like, "I just want you like you're not like, but you black, but you're not a nigga." I'm like, "Well." the cops see us, we both know this, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. someone else see us, we both think. So I feel like one of the main reasons why we get a lot of interracial relationships in the media for status, because we don't really allow ourselves to be ourselves with each other in in our community. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's been multiple times that I have to explain my blackness to another black guy, you know, and, but but guess what? The Latino man, the 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 white man, they were like, Eric, what you talking about? I'm like <laughs> you know, okay. like but but with other black men it's like oh you know you don't you don't carry yourself a certain X, Y, and Z. Right. And it's and it's cr- kinda contradictive and you know, because that's what society, you know, have have on us you know see us you know we have to if you big and black you six foot three black guy you know you have to be x y and z but if you don't fit that you know oh you're not in or you're not not this so i feel like you know in my experiences with with black guys we 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 try it it's just hard to, to define who ourselves are like who we are to each other you know we're trying to figure this out because Due to past trauma with our families, friends being in the closet, you know, for years I've been in the closet to so like when I was 21 or something. But you know, all those years being hidden, like, like I can just imagine my partner who's black, the same issues being hidden. That that trauma is what's going to overlap each other. So I think one of the main reasons of like you, you mentioned, like if you don't really like just have that stereotype of the black man oh you not a nigga you you you, you this and That's that kind of like fuck up the dating pool right there so
0: i'm
3: shit. not even just the dating pool but even like as an artist how i'm allowed to show up in the world is impacted by that too like i'm an r&b vocalist and i do all types of music and as i'm you know pitching to magazines and playlists and things like that I get a lot of like, well, it's not black enough. The music's not black enough for the black playlist, but it's not queer enough for the queer playlist. So it's like, where do I fall? What, what, what am I supposed to be in this world? And a lot of that is really deeply embedded in like our identity and how, again, how we're allowed to show up, what's acceptable, what's the most uh, attractive, what's the most appealing ideal of, of, of a queer black man. And it it sucks. That's why we're here. That's why we're working on it. I'm together. curious to
0: know, is it the same in some of the other, um, sexual identities outside
3: of being gay? Even just same for women too, cause I know we're yeah, focusing a lot on men, but like for the, for the queer women, straight women, straight men, do you guys deal with a lot of the same thing, non-binary, do, do we, do we find some of the same issues?
8: Yeah, skip, skip. Your name, please.
9: Hi, my name's Josie. Hi,
8: Josie.
9: Um, I identify with everything that you experience with dating Black men. Um, I've been approached by Black men, and the first thing they say is, you look like you date white men.
3: So, yeah. Why Why? Why do you think... <laughs> what, what is it, if, if you're comfortable sharing, what what do you think it is about you that makes them... Put that on you, and like, why? What? Why are they invalidating you in that way?
9: I don't know. I, was, I grew up in Beverlywood. I have a Cali girl accent. I don't know, like, but that doesn't take away from my blackness, and so that's why it's such an interesting thing dating for me. Because if I am approached, it's that type of approach. And as soon as they hear me speak, they're like, mm, you're "Not black enough." And then if I'm not approached and I ask why to other black men. They're like, I don't know. They're just like, too, you're not black them.
3: but. How, how has that impacted you in dating? Has it made you bitter at all? Or does it like, how do you, does it change how you approach black men? Cause I know a lot of, at least in my experience with, with dating queer men it does impact how how they approach, like Eric said, like sometimes they just get bitter and they're like, well, you know, I don't want to talk to you, like whatever. So like, how has, how has it impacted you?
9: When I was younger, it was like, I feel like I have a better time now with just how open I think people are becoming. And I've also traveled. I find that traveling as a black woman, like I have a lot more experiences and I'm dating people from other cultures. So it's like, not just, like specific to the black men in LA, which is who I've always grown up around. So that was nice. And then, I mean, I think it's just experiences, you know, like just meeting enough black people in the diaspora is so important for me because I'm not the only, like I felt like I was the only person that dealt with this. Then I meet a lot of other people, you know, I'm just gonna say women, but like I identify so much with your experience as well. So like, it's just a thing that i think we all have to deal with but when we show up for each other with each other it's just like you're not the only one and people are just sometimes narrow-minded and immature and exist in one way but we have conversations like this which broaden our like scope so
3: thank you for sharing that that really drives home the point of why we're here because so many people share the same experiences and if we don't see each other, we don't know we have each other and we can't help each other through and it goes back to the conversation about friendship, community, so thank you for sharing.
5: Can I ask a question? Because we talked about the, kind of bringing in other folks, uh, would any of the women who date women like to share a perspective on maybe does that thing exist in the same way for women who date women of color and if not, why? Because I, I think all those examples of Janelle Monet and all those folks, all those, Lena Waif and all those Black women that we see in Hollywood, most of them seem to date women of color. But for the males, it wasn't the case. And I wonder if any of the women in the room who also date women who are women of color
2: would like to speak on it. It's
9: much more Black women that I'm approached by and that you know so it's it's pretty specific to
3: black men i don't know huh.
9: i don't know i think i,
3: I'm... I think it's because masculinity has such a such as such a specific scope on what it how it how it's determined right how, how we identify it right being a man is such a women are you know women have of course a lot of other issues they have to deal with in the world but as far as showing up in identity. I think women have a little bit more flexibility than than specific, specifically black men. Like we're supposed to be alpha males. We're supposed to show up in the world aggressive. Like, um, So I think we internalize that and we either seek that out in each other or if, we, or if we're not that, we, we bash each other because we're not that. So I think maybe that's why, why it's more specific to men. And I wish we could learn more from women because they out here thriving, loving yes. on each other. Shout out to our beautiful black queer queens. Fems, all of that in between. We got one in the back.
10: Hi. Which way? Hi, Mike. Hi. i <laughs> dated Mike in the past before, and that didn't work out. <laughs> um, <so. laughs> yes.
0: We went on like two dates.
10: Yeah. We We didn't really make them official dates. But right. Then, like, I got the hint. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, my, I guess my story is that I've dated one woman, and she was black, and now I'm with a black man. And I've always kind of dated, um, I would say, black or brown, and it's like really Afro-Latino more so. And for me, it's whatever feels like home. I think I come from those same communities, and so I've tried to date a white man. That didn't really work out. I feel like, uh, you know, they tug on some insecurities, make me feel inadequate in some certain way, whether they have more wealth or are more educated or are in a higher superior position. And not to say that I can't overcome that, but I find myself connecting more with people of my community and whether it's a woman or a man. And so kind of the opposite, I am more drawn black and brown community versus white or Asian or anything that doesn't really connect. Two
0: I feel like <laughs> I always say the safest I've ever felt with a black man.
3: Okay. Yes. I
11: like that. I like <laughs> the black man. We had a question over here real quick.
3: Oh
11: yo what's up everyone my name is Molina but my question for you is, oh, I just wanted you to expand on the, um, I guess the chokehold masculinity hat on, I guess you guys specifically, but I mean the entire room, because I feel like for me personally, I don't subscribe to any sort of binary. For me, it's like, I think the same hand that's choking you is also equally your hand. And so if it's yours, why not just let go?
3: I like that. No, it's true. It's true. and and. That's why I said shout out to just people who are able to work around it, whether you're non-binary, femme, female, because you you all are our teachers, if we're paying attention, because you're teaching us how to live outside of these these binaries essentially. For some of us, like for me, being big dude from the Bronx, it was survival. Like I couldn't just I, I didn't know I wasn't empowered enough to be soft or feminine or queer or gay just because. I thought I was going to die. Like, like, you know, shout, shout out to my Bronx friends who just got here, (laughs) but we, we like, you guys understand, like, it's just, it's for some of us, it is truly survival and I'm sure any other people can understand. So I think if you're blessed enough to not have to deal with that, or if you're just empowered enough to be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to be myself. You're my hero. Anybody in the room that has power through for me, I didn't know how to do that. And I had the added, uh, Weight of wanting to be a musician in urban music, so there's the added component of like I'm 16 years old in recording studios with a bunch of gangsters, and I'm like, well, I can't be gay here, like you know. And then as I'm moving through life, I'm not finding places where I can be myself. So I think that's where the chokehold comes.
11: It's the adjective soft to describe femininity. Who is to say that abrasion and femininity aren't mutually exclusive? Like why why are they mutually Exclusive. You can be feminine and again sharp, you know what I mean? And likewise masculine, soft to the touch, mentally, you know what I mean. So why so why for you even in that explanation, why were they separate for you? For,
3: for me, you. I think really just speaking culturally to where I come from. I think just any any element of being too soft or not not aggressive enough, you kind of got swallowed and where I'm from at least. At least that was my perception. And again, it, maybe it's what I internalized because I saw a lot of incredible people growing up who, you know, some some just incredible people who, who exist on the spectrum, who are trans, who are non-binary, who I saw from my teenage years who were always unapologetically themselves. I just wasn't empowered in that way. And I think it's because of the added cultural components. Being Dominican, the West Indies have a whole extra added thing that they put on on masculinity and gender and music. so. I wish, and I'm, I'm I'm grateful for my journey where I'm at, but I would have loved to have been empowered or at least uh, believed in myself a little bit earlier on just to be free, whatever that meant. How do you feel like that
11: reflects current need?
3: These days, I feel the most comfortable with who I am. Um, I feel the least amount of restrictions. I don't feel... Truthfully, these days, I'm questioning everything but in a happy way, where it's just like, I'm allowed to play with every expression that I want and just unpacking, like what is authentically me and what is me just trying something on and being okay with both. Thanks for your questions. Yes. Yes.
5: So, um, uh, name? Name, yeah, my name is Alden and I just want to expand on, um, I think like the masculinity and femininity. I feel like growing up, I was very interested in fashion and um, I would try different things and because of the neighborhood I was in, it's like I'll wear skinny jeans and they're like, "Can hey, your nuts even breathe and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really like crazy stuff. I'm like, you have on a Be dazzled at Ed Hardy shirt and you're asking me about the fit of my jeans. Like, I'm very confused about what's going on right now. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, it was like, I was always like, I'm trying to be like, I'm still a man, like, even though I'm interested in fashion, whatever, like, I was, like, still obsessed with the idea of being a man, because again, you're being questioned about it, and being grilled about it, and all this stuff, and the second I stopped giving a fuck, like, nobody questioned me or harassed me, like, I have on a leopard-type permanent today address, like, nobody is, like, saying anything, but when I was, like, obsessed with it, oh, I gotta try to look like a man, and da 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 like, that's when people were, like, on me, but now that I like walking my shit, it's like you can't say anything because I'm like I'm doing me. Like come at like come at me. Like what can you say because you can see the confidence, you know? But when I was not confident, and people, oh what you doing? Da-da-da-da, like all up in my business now because I do what I want and I literally don't care. It's like I don't like I don't get questioned at all anywhere. it's just me. So um, I think that it's a journey for everybody, but I just wanted to share.
8: Thank you. Thank you
3: for sharing. You know, it's funny. I still get some of that because I have a little tiny white dog. I love him to death. His name is Dominic. And people, older men will run up to me in the street and be like, yeah, that dog's tough, huh? And I, I didn't get what it meant at first. And I realized they were trying to say, like, you're a big man. Why do you have such a small dog? She's like, why do you care? Like, some guy said, uh, what a nice guard dog today. And I was like, thanks. He bites. What What do you want? <laughs> But it is—it is like once you stop ignoring it. I, I, I thank you for sharing that because it is—it's gonna be there no matter what. But if you ignore it and you're owning who you are, and you're just so full of who you are, you don't have time to see nothing else. You're just enjoying being yourself. So,
0: thank you for sharing. So, I wanted to move into platonic relationships. So how do you decide to pursue a
11: friendship? Hi, it's Molina again. Um, I think other for me kind of, aside from, because you know, we only have these options, right? And so within these parameters, right? I don't, it's like, if I'm going down the list, mutual interest, it's like, okay, sure. Like we can talk about signs, but what sign, you're social status doesn't, whatever. <laughs> Gender, sexual identity, whatever. Attractiveness, I mean, I find everyone attractive in their own, like everyone to me is attractive in their own right. You know, there's something about you I will always find beautiful. I think people's perception of you is a reflection of them. And I feel like if I'm beautiful, how can I not see it in you? You know what I mean? And then relationship status, whatever. So we go to the other, right? It's like, it's a vibe. I'm trying to catch a vibe. And I feel like other best encapsulates, like, if, if, we can converse and we can talk about things that extend beyond our physical reality. I feel like for me that would initiate, you know, friendship seed, so to speak. And then how we both water it is dependent on us, I guess. Yeah. That's it.
12: Yeah, I was going to say, oh, my name is Kobe. OK, I was gonna say, my name's Kobe. Um, I think. At first, like it was more so on like sexual orientation at first, because I didn't really grow up like being around like a lot of queer people so when i at first like when I first seen queer people like and I came out and stuff like being able to just connect with somebody who understood like I think that was cool, but then like afterwards like i real- I started to realize that that's not enough for me anymore and so now it's like okay well I want to connect with people that like have the same interests as me like do they enjoy the things that I enjoy or do they enjoy the same music that I enjoy or you know just things like that but I think at the beginning because I was looking for community so bad like I wanted to see like oh what are they the same sexual orientation do they have the same background as me you know yeah, for
3: sharing. Sure.
2: Mike, what about
0: you? Um, for me, mutual interest is probably was most valuable. Um, like Kobe, I tried to like when I first entered the uh, gay community, I tried to make friends off of being gay, and that was very surface. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't. Um, and I think that made it challenging for me because people weren't open and I got into a space with other groups of friends where I was able to be so open that having these surface relationships it wasn't enough so yeah mutual interest is most valuable for me how you
11: doing everybody my name is Nabila you can call me BB. hey I just want to say, I'm sorry for just walking through that door. <laughs> but to make a long <laughs> I, I had to because I know he was going to roast us when we was done. Um, sorry, we're late. But I would, in, in addition to some of the things that were already said, uh, for me was also mutual interest, because I believe that mutual interest can supersede race, color, sex, gender, creed, all of those things. So it gives me a wider range of friends that I can also learn from, but... The mutual interest is the thread that meets us all together.
3: Here we go. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks for sharing. Hello.
13: Hi, I'm Beatrice. Nice uh, to meet you. Nice to meet everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, something that I've had to struggle with in terms of pursuing friendships has been like, can I be my absolute self? Like when we talk about connection, I think as a woman, there are a lot of guards we have to put up, especially with navigating relationships with platonically with men, either the, like, specifically, like, heterosexual, like, normative um, relationships. Because it's always kind of built around, like, the sexual. So, like, can I have sex with her? Can I have sex with him? Um, I think the way I have, like, navigated or have learned to navigate is, like, can I be my complete self in a sense of, like be loving, be kind without having to filter that in order to like protect my safety or like to protect like my perception and like can somebody see me as a whole person versus like my sex. Um, That has been a bit of a struggle just like going through life in general and like my navigation, my own sexuality and just being able to share my love versus it being something of like, like, um to be preyed on, I guess, or to be, you know, yeah. But,
5: Thank you
14: for sharing. Thank yeah. You.
5: It's me again. Um, <laughs> I think that because of my size, I never really felt accepted by the gay community. Um, and then adding that, like, I'm not, like, either really masked or fem, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I just never felt like I had a home. So that automatically put me more with um like with femme people and um i think that i was able to um find community through again fashion and art and my creativity so those things um have always been like more paramount for me than um other things it's like all my relationships in general Like can we go to a museum together? Can we do this together? Like, these things are important to me. Like, if you can't do that, I don't really want, like, what is the point Because those things are like, like vital to my identity. So like, if we can't, like, what's the point? Like me and Beatrice, like, we are really good friends because we both are from the hood, but we have like creativity and we, um, we want more for ourselves and we relate to like, um, just like that struggle that I think a lot of us are talking about, like being from the hood, but like not fitting in, or even not being from the hood, but then like having like that layer where people are questioning you and like, yeah. well, why? It, it's, Like, it's not even. It transcends like social status because it's like when you're creative, like when you're creative and you have other things going on. Or like, I think it's like they're kind of questioning your confidence because it's like how you get to be so bold to like like, go after your dreams, like, everybody for me is always complimenting me on my clothes, and I'm like, well, I look like this every day, like, why is it a thing? Like, like, just let me be, like, I let you be, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, I feel like it's like, people are shocked, they're like, oh, you're a big guy, and you, and here you are again, you're dressed, and da-da-da, I'm like, yeah, like you're dressed too. like we're all friends, like, yeah, like why like you It's look those good, same I look good. those like, same okay.
3: parameters where if you don't fall into what the ideal is, it's like well, how you don't have a right to be confident or be yourself. And especially in some of these communities that we frequent, a lot of the, a lot of us aren't meeting in the ideal places to really be able to connect. It's clubs, it's app, it, it's dating apps. it's um, so those aren't the ideal places to to forge real friendships. but it, i'm I'm glad to see a lot of you guys chose mutual interest because. I know from my experience, a lot of the the queer friendships that I've engaged in in the past weren't based on the most uh, solid values. So they kind of fall apart. And uh, that does impact how you feel about yourself, how you show up in the world. So,
0: Man, my first experience in, and it's funny going back to a mutual experience. My first experience in making queer friendships was in a gay basketball league. And um, I feel like the majority of people would either be your friend if you were really good at basketball or if you were really attractive. And if you fell somewhere in between both, you can make a couple of friends. And I fell somewhere in between both. I made a couple of friends. And uh, yes. Oh, are you calling for Byron? Okay, Byron. But, yeah, uh, a lot of those friendships, they weren't more than, like, people to just go, like, have a drink with and have nothing to talk about. You know, Leo asked me, how many people are here from basketball? Only person. Kevin, and that's the only person I really talk to about real shit.
3: <laughs> that sucks because it—it it, it is far too common, again, in, like, again specifically in like queer communities because a lot of us maybe go out searching for connections not realizing that what we probably need is friendship and you end up kind of in these weird dynamics with people where it's like are we friends what is happening um and i know that that's something that we were going to talk about is like how some of these friendships do fall apart because people don't have the best boundaries or don't understand like why they value each other why they're connecting
0: yeah i i think that's challenging uh I think that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, good evening. My name is Jim. Okay. Okay. I firmly agree that um, being able to find commonality is a very significant theme toward identifying with people and having people identify with yourself. But furthermore, authenticity. Mm, yep. To be able to carve the path of knowing who you are and be authentic with it is to give you true acceptance. And all of the other others to come together.
3: Yes, I love that. And thank I you for saying that. that because I think everybody kind of said something along those lines, so you kind of summed it up. I think it really is like being able to be your most authentic self with the people that you're around. That's crucial.
2: And I will acknowledge that is not easy. No, that is not an easy task, but it's a journey. And if you really go toward it, you will reap a lot of benefits.
3: Mm, amen. Amen. I know I used to struggle from that. I used to, I always prided myself off of being able to assimilate to rooms. And I thought that was a superpower. And I didn't realize that I was shrinking to connect with people, especially when networking and trying to, to build my career, I would just shrink. Well, this this person is a certain way and they got, I can do a session. So let me try to get in. And um, when it was all said and done, I felt very empty and very small. And I had to understand that authenticity, I needed to be around people that I can really be my full self around. And you get to a point, hopefully, you know, everybody's gotten to that point, you're getting to that point or that point is close that um, you're like, oh, I'm not, I can't compartmentalize anymore. And I think being queer, being black, I learned how to do that early. Like, let me be extra black here. Let me be extra gay here. Let me be extra Dominican here. And I'm just, I'm tired, (laughs) y'all. Got a new question up. True or false, I can be friends with someone I'm having sex with. There's a lot of truths there. Y'all
12: are toxic.
3: Right, right. Not I usually do. like. Right, yeah, you're right. I can, I can, not I prefer. I'm gonna be
0: honest. That's person dependent. Um, because sometimes it can be it can be challenging. Because I've tried it in the past where I've had sex with a friend, and then the relationship becomes solely about that. About sex or the friendship? About sex. Okay. And the friendship is kind of like non-existent because it's just like it's just sex so i don't know i'm always always trying to be conscious of that in in my present life because uh yeah i've experienced that before and i just don't want to do it again
3: fair i don't think at this current point in my life that I could be friends like platonic friends with somebody that i'm having sex with i have been able to become friends with people who i've had sex with but it takes a lot of work because i, I in my experience two people have never been on the same page um, so somebody's always a little more invested. It means a little bit more, and it's a slippery slope. And I know that that queer people like to swim in those waters a lot. And yeah. if you're successful at it, shout out to you. Um, I don't like that world. Yeah, but I ain't better than a relationship
0: that you don't even know about.
3: Yeah, right. We toge- <laughs> we go together and we don't even go together. Real bad. Um, but okay, 23, uh, y'all are real mature. Mm-hmm. I guess there was no third. What is the third option?
11: I wrote. I need like a third option, but like, sort of like ish.
6: Toxic. <laughs> yeah. toxic. You
3: were doing so well. No, I'm just
11: No, like I agree with what you were saying earlier. I can be friends with someone I'm having sex with. Do I want to be? Do I feel comfortable? With That's fine.
3: Ish. Nah, <laughs> we don't. I don't know. In my early 20s, when I was a little bit more uh, not in touch with my feelings, but I don't know, not as a grown up. Okay, Eric, Dre, welcome uh, back. Uh,
1: yeah, let's uh, do Drake first because Drake. Oh, Drake. Hi, my name is Drake. Yes. Uh, so, this is a, a complex question. Mike and I have had conversations about this, specifically about black men. Uh, our dating poll is the same poll that we have for friendships. Um, Kind of pulling things together. I co-switch a lot. My corporate life, and my friendships, my family. So kind of relating this back to the question prior is, how do I choose friendships? The other is, who I cannot have to co-switch with. Who I can authentically be myself with. Who I can say, girl, bitch, and be like, nigga, come on, let's... (laughs) All within the same conversation, you understand exactly what I mean um that extends to friendships as in chosen families uh chosen f- chosen family meaning like my brother is my brother but he's also my chosen family because he understands who i am and i don't have to hide like um as a black man i i'm always scared of my biggest fear is being alone or being abandoned because i don't fit quote unquote stereotype and now i don't care <laughs> I'm at an age where I'm like, you're going to know me for me, and my presence is a privilege. Now, circling back to this particular question, as in, can friends have sex and still be friends? That, that's determined on your maturity level. Aren't you knowing who, you're, who you are? I know who I am. And if you know that you're not capable of doing that, then you have to say, I'm not capable of having sex with you and being friends with you. And also means knowing what responsibilities friendship means. Cause everyone doesn't know what a friend means. I have a lot of associates, but my friends to me are my children's family, right? So my children's family gives me they, they can tell me no. I don't believe in like yes friends. I don't believe in enablers. So if you see me fucking up, you're like, yo, bro, do better. You see me doing well, celebrate my 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 wins. So it's it's really about self-worth and, and knowing who you are and being rooted in that 10 down being like, yo, I can have yeah. sex with you and be like, can you have sex with me and be good? It, it,
3: it's about That's maturity. Right? I like that answer. Thank you, Dre.
7: Um, like I could be friends with so Eric, you this. um, I could be friends with someone I'm having sex with. I thought that this was like my superpower coming here in LA. I'm from Philly, right? So, and before, like, in order to sleep with you, lay down with you. We gotta talk about something. We gotta laugh about something. I gotta know your name at least. But, um, like, like I have to know your name. We gotta know hobbies. We gotta, we gotta like have a laugh in order for me to go to that next level physically. Well, since I came here to L.A., I've been here in L.A. for about five years now. This shit has gone out the window. Like, okay. like, 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 like I have, I've, I'm learning for just my emotional protection. My emotional barrier is a lot of people here can have sex with people, they don't even know the first letter of the name and they don't even know what they look like. You know, they just, they just have sex with people. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, which is fine. But that's something that I've, I, no, yeah, no, this is good. Like it's cool, which is great, which is great. But I felt like, you know, like, like when I came to LA, like I was like, yo, I had to adjust because everybody won't, don't have that mindset. Like people are just, you know, and just have sex and just go on about their business, but before i i that was one of my criterias to have sex. It was like, yo, we have to like have to have as mutual thing first, but like in this climate now it's like that's how it does yeah
10: I, I'm one of the nos i I <laughs> so for me and Mike never had sex, that's why we're still friends. <laughs> And I, I, and I don't know if it's different for men or women, but I think, like you said, you know, everyone, whatever you want to do for me, it's a hard no, because I think having sex is like one of the privileges of being with me and getting to that place of vulnerability. And, and so once you're not in that zone, you don't have access to me like that anymore. And then furthermore, it's also for me, for my future partner I wouldn't want them to feel awkward around a person that was so close to me before. Like they would have to then be up for that. And I know I wouldn't want to be, so I don't, I don't do that. But, um, that that's, I guess I'm one of the notes. For.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. I'm
10: sorry, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, nobody believed it anyway. <laughs> How's it going, you guys? My name is
15: Sir Anthony. I live in New York, and I just walked in late, so I don't really know the no's, the no's, the this, the that. But I would just say, like, when it comes to sex with guys, uh, hmm, I think it's interesting. I think, like, we can disconnect. We, we can connect, and we, we can disconnect. It cannot be a thing. It could be a thing. I just think it depends on the situation and people that's involved in, in what's happening. Um, I love to hear a woman's perspective on this topic always, um, because it it always makes me feel like,
14: oh, okay, well,
15: maybe I should tone down, you know, <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't uh, do too much, you know, uh, but we go through different seasons in life, I think like, once you pass maybe like that 30 then that 35 spades, like we go through different seasons and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. What's welcome, what's not a welcome, you know, what you want to give value to and what you don't want to give value to, what is of value to you, your spirit and your energy. It all changes based on where you're seated in life. Uh, So I can, I I guess I can respect different, you know, points of views, but I I guess wherever you're seated in life, just have fun, whatever it looks like.
13: So I'm one of the trues. Um, I think that it is very possible given, I think somebody said something about um, maturity level and like communication, also knowing yourself, what you're able to do, what you're able not to do. And I think it's a big deal of like respect for me. Like, are we equally respecting each other in terms of like our personhood, our bodies? yeah, like, I, I think that a lot of the times, what, and especially speaking to a lot of my, my hetero homegirls, um, it's always this kind of gameplay and rules when it comes to, like, getting involved with someone, and then when that doesn't turn out to be what they expect it to be based on this very, like, rigid way of, like, how relationships should be enacted upon, it becomes, like, almost, Like, you know, they, like, shame you. Like, you know, like, oh, like, it becomes this, like, deal of inadequacy because you weren't able to get so-and-so to be in this position with you because, you know, you fucked them. When it's like, you know, sometimes you try and it doesn't work out. And it's just not what it is. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, we could just, still be cool. Like, (laughs) sometimes you could just be cool. Like, and I think it's just, like, a level of also, we talk about friendships, and I've experienced this, like, how we identify our standards of friendship and like the people that we keep in our like circle, the people we keep close. And like that then plays into like, you know, like maybe some people don't feel right giving their bodies to certain people. And, you know, and how we make those decisions is very much based on like how much we know ourselves. So that's just my insight.
3: Thank you, thank you. That's dope. I like that because it does bring us to like the self-worth component
1: a no little more. Hi guys, my name is Mikey Rapp. I'm from the Bronx. That's my boy. <laughs> hey bitch. Um, <laughs> um. Honestly, I think I think you can. <laughs> I think you can, but I think it's like ideally. Why would you want a friend that you feel like there's miscommunication, understanding of where you guys stand? So it's like you there's a process that goes into like, you know, getting somebody to have sex. So you kind of build uh, associations and type of familiarity. But the more you get to know that person, you kind of learn the value they kind of provide, whether it's like a sexual attraction, whether they watch Drag Race with you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are things that you start to see. And so when you start seeing, I feel like it kind of, you, you, get, a, you get to a line where you're kind of like making the decision as to what type of friend you want to have. And I think the better a friend being that we're talking about, just friends, it's like, you want that level of respect. They're like, I won't cross that line with you because I respect you so much. Or I, I care for you so much. Same way, if you were dating somebody, you would want them to kind of like go slow. Thank you. All right.
0: Let's see what else we got.
3: Yeah. What we got next.
0: Oh, Self. self.
3: Uh, I kind of touched on it a ton with that last conversation, so I'm excited to dive in a little deeper.
0: Let's see. How does your self-value dictate what you attract? Good evening, everybody.
8: So, I'm James Woods, a.k.a. That Yoko Dude. Thank you. Um, So, do yourselves a favor. Do me a favor. Just sit up into your chair The little stool you're on or whatever. Just to give yourself a little bit more capacity to breathe. Adjust your posture. So you can breathe down deep into your belly. If you can, get grounded. Relax your feet. Uncross your legs, your fingers, your arms. Just let the blood flow the energy flow evenly. Soften your shoulders. Relax your face. Breathe deep. As you inhale and exhale, just focus. Focus on the breath coming in, softening, calming, and the breath going out relaxing and releasing. Take these next three deep breaths with intention, peace, calm, and focus. Let's all take a deep inhale in a long, slow exhale. Thank
0: you. Thank you, that yoga dude.
3: Come on, that yoga dude. (laughs) He's available for bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, (laughs) divorces, whatever you need him for.
0: All right. So, how does your self value dictate what you attract? Let's see what y'all got. What's your answer, though? How does your self-value dictate what you attract?
3: Um, I no longer have space for, for places where I don't feel, like somebody said, a few people said it earlier, where I just don't feel I could, be, I could be authentic. So in fighting to be my most authentic self these days, I've attracted a lot more people who exist in that space. So that's been beautiful. Um, and that's, yeah, pretty much. I didn't always have that. And I used to attract a lot of people who didn't always have that. And I have a lot of love for all of them. But in this phase of my life, I couldn't connect with those type of people anymore. Because I really value myself, my time, my energy. I'm trying to be a bad bitch. And- I feel like. That takes certain types of people around me. So <laughs> what about you?
0: Um... Yeah, I think when I'm when I'm feeling really good about myself, I can, I can feel what I'm attracting and when I'm feeling low. Um, I think there are people for that as well. So I try to stay in tune with myself so I'm aware of what, what am I bringing in or who
3: am I bringing around. People feed off of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Some people know when you're low and they swoop in. Um, so you got to stay at a high vibration, love on yourself and keep people around you, make you feel good yeah the good kind of good the nasty kind yeah.
0: let's see how are you valuing yourself more to
3: build healthier relationships? Um there's a lot of answers to this, but you know one simple way um that actually you've been teaching me that has been helping me out a lot, and it's something simple, but it has such a greater impact on my day and my and my lifestyle. Just getting up every morning and having a real routine where I meditate, where I pray, where I journal, where I'm grateful, that has helped me value myself so much more. Um, and I take that into all the relationships that I'm building now. I'm talking to people from a place of gratitude, from a place of abundance, and I'm noticing it either being reflected back to me by the people in my life or people pretty much telling me more or less like I, I'm that I'm wave and I can kind of mm-hmm. let them be. Um, So that's just a simple thing for me Yeah, a lot of self care at solitude. I like these answers that it really is like one of those things where you have to just kind of have a strong foundation and everything kind of grows from there for me, as far as valuing myself. So morning routine has been huge. Same. Yeah, I I almost feel off when I don't do my morning
0: routine. Um, And getting outside, getting outside feels healthy yeah get Fair outside
3: them. every day um mike brown has an exceptional morning routine he should patent <laughs> um anybody want to share on the mic giving myself more grace being more comfortable who hasn't shared before i know a lot of we have a lot of i love all the that want to chat you want to share
16: oh, hello yeah. how you guys we doing tonight um this is a really really great question and just in my life um a lot of people date and not date themselves mentally, physically, and I just went through therapy last year. And it was a journey of finding, like, the root of everything, of what I wanted. Just started with being, like, why I'm acting this way, why I'm bringing so many different energies to me. And I think once you circle back of how you was brought up, because a lot of, like, trauma, you bring that into your adulthood. And you bring it into your relationships. And we don't find that that our little self is where it all begins. Mm-hmm. And we bring that as an adult and we carry this immature relationship, dating life from as kids to adults. And then we find out why it doesn't go wrong or we're just fucking around or we playing games. It's because we haven't grown up within. So valuing yourself is super important, doing the work within, mentally, going to therapy. Finding yourself first so you can love somebody else. If that's your goal.
0: Come on. Yeah. So
14: thank
16: you. Yes. Thank, thank
0: you. you. Can you share your name again, please?
16: Sebastian. Thank you.
14: I feel like like once I start to really know myself, everything else just kind of got aligned. You know, I had a similar experience. I've been an athlete my entire life. Uh from a bunch of different sports. I had a football scholarship. But also like in cheerleading, I did gymnastics. I attend t- the USA, oh, all that. Um, and I worked for the NBA before getting back in entertainment, but um, like once I hired myself, I'm like, I had to cut off a lot of people, you know? I only really been out like three years. Uh, I just, I'm about to be 31 next month. Uh, it's been cool. I've been in LA for a year. Uh, but like being around, I have a lot of straight friends, a lot of athletes. Uh, I did a lot of DL stuff for a while. Uh, well, not necessarily me being DL, I didn't give a fuck, but like other people was DL and, you know, things happened, but, uh, I just became like more aligned more. A lot of my twenties, like I was super depressed, super down. Uh, I don't have a lot of family family. So like having to like, I created a lot of family, just myself, friends, things like that. Uh, And that helped me find myself, having those people around, cause my family, if I depend on my family for me to to figure out who I was, I wouldn't know who I was still to this day. But my friends helped me like, find my legs. You know, like I always been in sports, so I had to be masked at least I felt, but like last year coming to LA, I, I wore a skirt for pride, a pink skirt. <laughs> I never did that. I mean, I got legs for days. Like, I'm not worried about my leg, but like, uh, but to wear a skirt out there, like in real life, like, I, it's crazy. But I felt like, Ooh, like the wind was blowing. I was like, okay, look, what's going on? Like, okay. Like, you know, so it was just cool. But Just find an alignment. I feel more aligned, uh, just being me, being gay. Like I love it, uh, and I wouldn't change it.
3: I feel like I had a Sally Jesse Raphael moment. I had to walk over. My knees is bad. Don't laugh at them cracking. Okay, who's next?
0: Five Questions of Freedom, brought to you by Feel Free to Feel Free. So we are going to ask you guys five questions, and you can answer any way that you like. The first question is, Beyonce or (laughs) Rihanna?
3: Rihanna. Who you got? I love Rihanna. I love Beyonce, too, though. I love both. But like, if I had to go out for a drink right now, I'm picking Rihanna. I'm gonna go Beyonce just cause she a
0: hometown hero. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, Jay. Okay, so it looked like it looked like Beyonce won by one.
3: Oh, Sneaky Link a booed up. Let's see how toxic everybody really mm-hmm. is. Oh wow! Oh, okay, change of heart. Everybody wants love now. Baby, I'm, a... I'm not judging you guys. I am okay. <laughs> Everybody okay. wants love. Come on, that's
0: cute. That's cute, but it's 10 people that want to be sneaky links, so that means it's an equal number. So y'all five. can find each yeah, other, right?
3: Find each other. Shout out to the sneaky links. Y'all can connect after the show. All right. Sex or intimacy? What's your answer, Mike Brown? Um,
0: I'm in my int- intimacy era right now.
3: I respect that. Yeah. I am in an intimacy era as well. I'm but, learning. But sex,
0: sex can be intimate as
3: well, but well, it's can be intimate. I want the whole package. Right. Fair. But it's easy to have sex without intimacy too. For sure. I don't know how to do that anymore. What advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh, how in the hell? Can I get an Amen? (laughs) What
0: advice would you give to your younger self, Yanni Blues? My
3: advice to my younger self, um, keep going, nigga. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, my advice to my younger self would be um what I've learned now, just to find people that that validate me and make me feel whole. I wish I would have learned that a little bit earlier um so i would have told me like hey go where the love is
0: i would tell myself uh keep being you keep diving in to more of you last question is what do you want to manifest right now in this moment peace
3: i love that peace um happiness and i guess peace and happiness go hand in hand. just a happy fulfilling life that'd be my answer redefining my own version of success and and living by that every day
9: so i've been oh i'm cassandra um i've been a teacher for almost eight years oh god bless you (laughs) thank you um i kind of went into teaching because it was a safer option in my parents opinion they always were like do the safe option like don't branch out, but now I'm almost 28 and I'm actually going to start it in April and just throw myself out there and do something that I
8: enjoy.
0: <laughs> yes. As you should. If it makes you feel any better,
3: I quit my job in June. I was a teacher and look at me. Amen. <laughs> we need makeup artists. I tried to do a smoky eye on myself for a shoot the other day. Disastrous. So <laughs> I'm going to get your information, but um, yeah, yeah shout out to shout out to everybody here who has a dream who's, who's working on towards their dreams i know there's a lot of actors a lot of other musicians um just people on their journeys and we connected through our journeys we are constantly encouraging each other so i want to encourage you all whether it be uh in relationships self-love platonic love and in your dreams just to go for what feels good and what what
6: makes sense to you because life is short hey guys eric again well the other Eric. Hey, other- Um. Right now, I'm manifesting uh, a lot for myself right now. Um, I'm a photographer and graphic designer, uh, self-taught. So I have a a long way to go. I've been doing this for 10 years now uh, as a business for five. And I just would love to have my own creative firm. Um, I'm actually looking into opening a hookah lounge very soon. So it's one of my endeavors. Um, as a black gay man in LA, there's not a lot of those spaces for us, so I would love to have that for us. Um, because if I wasn't here 10 years ago, this would not be happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a suicide victim. I almost took my own life, so yeah. Um, a lot of shit was happening, and I didn't know where to go, what to do, and the passion for photography kind of saved my life, in a way. Um, just picking up a camera and just teaching myself how to use it. Um, people were telling me that I had great I had to take great pictures already. So I was just like, I might as well just, you know, make something out of this. And it's going great. It's a little slow, but um, I have a lot of faith in it. Um I look in the mirror every day and I tell myself, hey, you're going to have this. You're going to have your own gallery. You're going to have your own shows. You're going to be booking those photo shoots. You're going to be on the cover of Vogue real soon. And you just got to constantly feed positive information to yourself when you're manifesting these things. And um, what really helps me, um, I'm a pothead. So when I'm smoking, I like to talk to the moon um, or the universe and just let the universe know what I want and what I'm looking for and kind of let it take its course. And I'm learning not to rush things because I'm very impatient. But um, yeah, when you guys manifest, just be patient, be kind, and use kind words when you're manifesting. And do it out loud too. Don't just be on the 405 trying to conjure up some shit because you're bored, but just let it have meaning and uh, you know, tell yourself this every day, Write Positive affirmations and you know, do what the fuck you need to do because we all gonna make it, so yeah.
3: Thank
0: you. Man, Eric. I appreciate
6: you saying that, you. Eric. Thank
3: you, And we And we're thankful you're here. We're thankful you're here. And you know, again, the, what you said reminds me to just let everybody know, again, you never know who's in the room, like everybody connect you know, we all have dreams and, you know, just by speaking them out loud, you don't know who's going to be in the room that can connect with you. Who's that, that photo shoot that's going to take you to the next level. Who's that collaboration? Like let's collaborate. Cause that was a big part of why you and I connected was trying to create community. And this was one component of the discussion, but the greater discussion was just like, why aren't we taking care of each other? Why aren't we looking out for each other? Why aren't we networking this way? And everybody's trying to go up and it's like, we all have opportunities. We all have things we can provide each other. You know, so, you know, you all take a minute to connect when we're done. Um, there's some really, I know personally, some incredibly talented people in here. And I'm sure there's even more talent in here than I'm realizing. So, you know, connect and um, let's, let's uplift each other. Yeah, man. Yanni Blue. Yes. Can you let the people know where they can find you? Yes. Um, Yanni Blue on all platforms is Y A. W N Y B L E W. I have music out. I'm um, collaborated with some of you in here. Shout out to Eric. I worked with him. I got a record with Mike Brown. I'm working on some stuff with Mikey Raps. I've collaborated with a few people in here. So I'm just always looking to uplift queer voices, black voices. Um I've been writing for about seven years now, being an artist for about three. I've had a little bit of success. Kind of know what I'm doing. So uh
6: you ain't yeah. worked with the other Eric yet. Wait, what?
3: <laughs> oh. Oh. oh oh we we gonna connect because i need a graphic designer i got you i got you so you see i like that i like that energy yeah i see you see i like this so um but yeah i i'm a singer songwriter i have a podcast called bigger than our dreams uh this bigger with two eyes i talk about being uh plus size queer black creative i get real specific <laughs> down to the because because Every layer we need representation at every single layer. So whoever I can uplift, I'm gonna uplift. So um you know, shout out to our plus size queer creators in the room, black queer creators. Shout out to everybody. You all are beautiful, and um that's that's my spiel. I'm done. I appreciate that.
0: Um, I appreciate y'all being here. I appreciate the Soho House for letting us host a live episode. I appreciate um Dr. Byron Young. For even putting me in the door, this man been supporting my dreams since since I was a breastfed child running wild, you know. Um, so I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, I appreciate. Wait, wait, wait! I'm not done. No, I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing. But I want to thank Yanni Blue um, thank for just always just being open to my creative ideas um because i don't know what i'm doing but it always works out so i appreciate that but yeah i really appreciate y'all being here um it's been a journey so i appreciate y'all being on it with me and yeah this is the art of letting go letting go come on (laughs) thank y'all